Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Lifestyle of the Gay Black Boy. Um, I'm your host and you know what? I am going to be Vietslav Richter today. If you know who that is, you know, hit me. We'll see if you know. Um, but just a little special tidbit check-in snapshot of an episode. Of course, I'm pretty sure all of you saw what happened at, was it the Oscars? I keep wanting to say the Grammys, but I guess it's the Oscars when Will Smith decided to snap the, well, slap the black off Chris Rock in the middle of the stage because of a joke that was made. And of course, the entire internet's on fire. Everybody's talking about it. The girls just don't know what to do. And of course, I've got a little snippet of a conversation for you. First, me and John are going to talk about it. And then John and a film critic named Ryan Jay is going to talk about it as well. Everybody has pretty different takes on everything that's happening, and I feel like this is a great discussion topic. Even though it's really based on drama and the ghettoness of an award ceremony, but you know, the thing is, of course, everybody's got something to say because it's the future, and in the future, everybody has a platform. <laughs> so I hope you all enjoy it. I hope my heavy breathing is not annoying you. I'm actually recording this while I'm out for a jog around a reservoir here in New York. So you get a little bit of an outside show today, and I hope it's not too windy. It probably is. Who knows? But if you enjoy the conversation, if you enjoy the show, you know how to follow me. Lifestyle of Gay Black Boy on all social media and on all podcast platforms. Get into it, enjoy it, and I want to hear what you all think as well about the internet. What's happened? Where do we go from here? Because in our conversation, we talk about social media, we talk about the news reports, we talk about the fact that we're talking about the war in Ukraine and Will Smith slapping the shit out of Chris Rock is also in the same newsreel happening at the same time. Interesting world. But... I hope you all enjoy the conversation, and I'll be back to touch in with you on Saturday for another episode of Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy, and it's going to be a fun one. I'm not even going to give you a hit on it. It's going to be a nice little episode, maybe give you some inspiration and put some coins in your coffers. All right, y'all. Enjoy. Bye. Okay. Well, perfect. So you're recording, and then... Um... Yeah, I mean, I guess the live stream will go up whenever you got it ready. I, I'm on your Facebook page on the computer right now, so. Okay. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe the problem is that I was, like, you know, getting off the Zoom screen while I was trying to see if we were, like, showing up on Facebook, and maybe that's why I didn't see anything on my end. Did yours look like a post and there was just a black square with a play button in the middle? Yeah. Hit the play button that starts the live stream on your page. I don't know uh, if you have to do that for everybody because I've never had to do that with Facebook Live, but yeah, possibly. All right. Well, uh, I consented to your live stream requests, and yeah, looks like our videos are up here. So I'm going to share it on my page, share to my profile.
Uh, um, yeah, people are seeing uh, the workings of <laughs> us trying to figure out live stream in real time. Oh, uh, let me just edit the post in. here. Okay. Y'all, <laughs> John here, Andrew's over there. Uh, we are officially trying this live streaming thing for the first time. I mean, I figured, Andrew, what better way to try this uh, live streaming thing than to comment on what the heck happened at the Academy Awards last night? Did, did you get a chance to watch the entire ceremony or? No, I don't think you did because I think we ended up talking on the phone like for five hours yesterday. Yeah, you know, I never watch the the girls. I'm not really into the award shows, but you know, there's always the fun things that the girls end up doing, and it's like, okay, I'm here for it. Wait, when you say the girls, what do you mean? Is that like your nickname for the Oscars? Just everybody. It's it could be anything. <laughs> it's just everybody's there. It's just the girls are here. It's like saying the children are out to play. The children are here. Let's go have some fun. I love it. I love it. Well, you know what? From now on, I'm going to refer to the Oscars as the girls. Uh, I think that'll be a really uh, nice way to go about it. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I was expecting the Oscars to be another boring affair, four or five hours long, nothing much happening. And then I, I remember it like it was yesterday because it literally was yesterday, Andrew. I was, um, I think I was on the toilet. And, you know, for whatever reason, big breaking news always happens to me when I'm on the toilet. I think that's how I found out about the death of Chadwick Boseman. So in this case, I was on the toilet about to make a two hour drive home. And I'm just kind of casually looking through my Facebook and then up pops up this New York Times article about Will Smith, you know, slapping the crap out of Chris Rock. And I'm like, oh, okay. Is this a comedy bit? Is this real? I mean, that's what a lot of people were wondering. Did, did you wonder that as well? So immediately when I saw it, I was in bed. I got real good and cozy. I was warm like in a good spot everything and then i'm on you know the trusted news source world star hip-hop and that's where i see the video and i'm like oh so of course you know i played it 40 times and i'm like did he really hit him and then everyone was saying it was a slap but it looked like a punch to me and i'm like oh okay what's what's happening right now yeah it uh you know, when Will Smith connected with Chris, it didn't quite look like he connected. It, it almost seems like one of those uh, stage combat slaps that I learned when I used to do theater. It just didn't seem real. Um, so I found out that it was real. Now, like you, unlike you, Andrew, I could not watch it maybe more than two or three times because uh, just something about that kind of unexpected, awkward conflict you know, in front of millions of people on global television. Uh, I mean, my God, it made me uncomfortable, made me cringe. It almost gave me sort of a traumatic uh, experience. Like, like I feel like I'm, I'm going to get like PTSD from just 
you know, thinking constantly about, you know, when Will Smith connected to Chris, Chris's face, and then, you know, Will is uh, screaming, you know, hey, like, you leave my wife's name out of your effing mouth. And then Chris is just flustered trying to figure out how to proceed with the ceremony. It's just going to like replay like a broken record in my head for the next few days, because I don't know, man, that kind of conflict, that kind of tense, toxic, masculine kind of conflict. Ooh, I don't know, man. I'm not a big fan of it. And it was it was quite on display uh, for for sure last night. It's it's it makes you feel so uncomfortable. Like I had to rewatch it because I was like, did I really see what I just saw? Like, I'm like, did this really just happen? Because out of all the things that you could do over comedy is hit somebody. And I'm like, what's happening right now? I'm like, I know this isn't what I'm thinking. And then my mind went to a whole different sphere of, is Will Smith okay? Is he all right? Are we about to see another person, a celebrity in Hollywood lose their mind or something happen to them? I'm like, what's going on there? Because there's a lot more to unpack than just a simple joke. Yeah, yeah. And of course, to give uh, context to the discussion here, um, to, to my understanding, you know, Chris was making jokes as he was about to present for the award for best documentary feature at the Oscars. And Will and Jada, they're pretty much at the front of the crowd. <clears throat> and Chris is like, oh, hey, J Jada, like, uh, looks like you're gonna be up for G.I. Jane too. And to my understanding, G.I. Jane, that's a movie reference, a character played by Demi Moore. Demi Moore, that character was known to have a shaved head. And Jada has a shaved head. Uh, we now know that it's because of her, how do you pronounce it, alopecia? Is that mm -hmm. what it is? Yes, alopecia. Yeah, which is a medical condition, which unfortunately deals with a lot of hair loss. Um, and when Chris made that joke, you saw that Will was laughing at first. Uh, Jada was not, she clearly did not enjoy the joke. So I think what clicked in Will's head was like, oh, I'm, I'm laughing. It seems like it's a good time, but oh crap, my wife isn't laughing and I should probably do something or else I look like a dick. So in a split second, it just, it's like we, we go from, you know, laughing Will along with all the other people in the crowd to just him going up on stage, slapping the crap out of Chris, going back to the crowd. Of course, the rest is history. You know it. You know, he, he curses and screams at Chris from the crowd. Um, and I think to uh, get a better understanding of where Will is coming from, you got to listen to his biography like I am doing right now on Audible. I don't know. Have you have you read or listened to any part of uh, Will Smith's biography? I've heard snippets of it. Yeah. Um, and a lot of what I'm understanding of Will's background is that when he was growing up, he felt like a coward, you know, for for various reasons. I think mainly he felt like a coward and weak growing up because he witnessed his mom getting physically abused by his father and he did nothing about it because he was afraid of that kind of conflict. He was afraid of standing up. He was afraid of doing something. He was a people pleaser. So he's always felt regret over that. And I think that kind of traumatic experience carried over into um, his entertainment career, where, as he said recently, I think in some kind of article or somewhere, that he's, he's felt like he ha he's had to put on this character. Like, there's the real Will Smith and there's the character of Will Smith. And the character of Will Smith, I, I guess, is what we've been seeing for the past 
three decades or so, which is this guy who is, you know, fun and quirky and has a great sense of humor, has a lot of energy, loves to rap. He loves to make jokes like that kind of Will Smith. And it looks like Will has reached a breaking point where, you know, with, with all this, you know, characterness that he's been doing and unfortunately the very polarizing response that he's been getting from it you know everybody you know saying you know on one hand that oh yeah i like will smith and then on the other hand you know there's people in the hip-hop community there's people in maybe other communities that think he's too soft because of the image that he presents and uh you know and the way he handled uh this whole jada pinkett smith august alcina drama where we didn't know what the state of their marriage was was it an open relationship was it you know was someone having an affair all that stuff so i think that uh will in uh questioning uh or having to deal with the the polarization of the image that he's presented to the public i think it just got to a, a breaking point last night where he said, screw it, like, I'm not a doormat. I'm not what people think I am. I'm going to go up and show Chris a piece of my mind. And I just don't give a crap anymore. And unfortunately, <laughs> the way he showed that uh, was just textbook toxic masculinity. Um, you know, we I think we should be smart enough to know that violence does not solve anything when you are mad at someone about a joke. I'm totally fine with anybody being hurt or angered over anything because all feelings are valid. And, um, you know, I think that if uh, him and Jada were hurt by the joke that Chris said, that it would have been uh, much more preferable uh, if they uh, handled it with Chris privately in the background, you know, talked it over, said how they felt about it. And given that Chris doesn't seem like a violent, uh, aggressive, impulsive person at all, I think Chris would have understood and they would have come, in, come to an understanding. But unfortunately, Will felt like he had to throw hands and here we are 24 hours later. So it's been pretty bizarre, Andrew. It's been bizarre. It's been weird. <clears throat> I just, I don't look at it in a situation of like, oh, you know, this is something that just is happening. Somebody just blows up. They just get to that point. There is a breaking point for people. I understand it. I get it that there is a breaking point for people. Leading to violence is a whole nother step. And even for Will Smith, I can relate to how in one spectrum, you have this personality, this persona that's been made that people expect of you that you have had to live up to, even though it's not something you created to live up to, it's just you being you. So then when you act out, people are like, whoa, what's wrong? There's something completely different. Like we would never expect to do this from this person. And this whole time, this person's like, no, y'all have been walking over me like a doormat for decades. And now I have to stand up for myself. The issue that I have, the biggest part of the issue is this is Chris Rock, another comedian. Will Smith, you do comedy. If you really felt the need to act out in that moment, we clearly could hear in all of the video, your voice was loud enough to carry to the stage. So you could have roasted him from your seat. You could have yeah. talked about how he looked like a burnt piece of spearmint gum up there in that suit. <laughs> That's what you could have done. You could have done multiple other things. He had the ability to do that and he didn't. He chose violence. And it's upsetting and it's frustrating all at the same time because right now it leads to us focusing on this as the moment from the Oscars as opposed to a lot of the other great things that did happen. 
Yeah. I mean, you go from uh, Coda, the movie Coda winning Best Picture, which was like a groundbreaking thing for the deaf community. Um, I know Jessica Chastain won a great uh, Best Actress Award for her performance in whatever movie. Uh, But mainly... Uh, there was all this buzz surrounding Will winning Best Actor for King Richard, which he did. The problem was, was that he won only a few minutes after that violent charade happened with Chris. And I don't know if you saw that Best Actor speech, uh, Andrew, but my God, it was almost like being in the Twilight Zone. Seeing Will accept that award, be praised, get a standing ovation from the audience, as if nothing had happened, as if he did not just assault someone a few minutes prior. And <clears throat> now, if you look, if you listen to Will's speech, I mean, he gets very emotional. He gets very rambly about uh, feeling like he he needs to be a vessel and an ambassador for love and this and that. I mean, frankly, it kind of summed up what I've had a problem with in terms of Will Smith for the past few years is that I think he's gotten to a point where he's taken himself really, really seriously. And he tends to go on these very wordy, overly philosophical, uh, oh, I'm the wise guy, ego trip. Like I've, I've learned all these wise things about life and I'm going to import them to you in, in a very eloquent way. I mean, it's very very, very different from the more chill, laid back, relatable, fresh prints that we used to know from back in the day. <clears throat> so we'll put that on display in his best actor speech. And uh, of course, what really stood out to me was that he was making excuses for his behavior. He was making, he was saying things like, you know, oh, love makes you do crazy things. And, you know, I, I'm at a point right now where like Richard Williams, the father of Tobias and Sweden Williams, who we played in the movie, you know, I'm at a point where I'm like Richard Williams, where I want to protect my family. And it's like, here we go. Let's go. Let, let's we're going back to toxic masculinity here. This idea that, you know, sometimes, you know, as a man, if you have to protect your family or your woman, you, 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 you if it requires throwing hands, then you got to throw hands. And it no, it doesn't have to. It doesn't it doesn't have to be that way. And uh, the fact that he implied that it had to be that way it just it really it really disturbed me last night yeah i i did not watch his whole acceptance speech i have a serious issue of watching people cry after they're the ones who did the offensive act it's it's something that's always been in me i'm like you're the person who was offensive here what are you crying for you can apologize without crying Tears don't mean sincerity and wet faces don't make me feel sorry for you. It's so yeah. it was very awkward. And then the portion <laughs> that I did watch, I heard him make his comment about uh, Richard Williams and protecting his family and the love will make you do crazy things. And the only thing that came back to me is, are you okay? Are you sure you're okay? Because the behavior and the actions that are happening right now tell me that you are not okay that there's something going on here. And that seemed like a trauma response and not something that actually came from rational thinking. So there's things that concern me about it. And then the way everybody was behaving, it was so weird. But then I looked at the whole damn show and I'm like, so is this how we create repressed memories? Is this (laughs) what it is when we talk about not addressing mental health? And we pretend that everything is okay. And that's just part of the American dream because it was the most awkward thing ever. 
looked so awkward and that energy never left the room. It did not. It did not. I mean, uh, it's it, it's kind of a double edged sword with Hollywood, because I think Hollywood, it being known as a very liberal community, you know, they'll be the first to be like, oh, yeah, we advocate for for mental health, mental health, mental health. But at the same time, the stereotype of like, oh, people who go into show business, they, they often have like very repressed, like traumatic backgrounds, parents are divorced, or, you know, there's some alcoholism, blah, blah, blah. So maybe that carries over. I mean, it's a very, it's a very weird thing. And I, I think when you think, uh, I, I guess, uh, when you look at how the Hollywood crowd just accepted Will Smith and praised him for winning Best Actor as if he didn't, you know, assault somebody. To me, it reminded me of uh, how Hollywood turned the other way in past instances, like you know Harvey Weinstein. I mean, you look at the entire Me Too movement, and there was a very, very much a turn of the other way, turn a blind eye, and just kind of move on because we're Hollywood and we need to make money. And oh my God, Will Smith is so powerful enough that you know if we you know dared escorted him out of the room after what he just did then you know the ratings will go down and he might like destroy people's careers and it's like just the lack of uh, common sense and humanity that was on display last night was just absolutely alarming and you know uh i guess going you know going back to this whole idea of of the people who you know say that oh you know will was defending his wife and you know he's defending his wife's daughter blah 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 I always come back to, well, you know, Jada is a grown person last I checked. I mean, I think we're at a point in time where uh, women don't feel like they need to be defended. If if Jada was offended by Chris's joke, which she was, I'm pretty sure she had enough willpower to say something herself. In fact, she hasn't really said anything at all right. in response to this. I'm wondering, like, is she for uh, her husband, uh, being violent on her behalf is she against it uh i mean she could have spoke up for herself i mean you, you talk about uh, andrew how will could have just simply you know stayed at his seat and shouted out or heckled at chris why didn't jada do that i mean why didn't jada go up on stage and just talk about it with chris or go back say like i i, I that's just a a question that's just been looming in my head like you know because uh, i'm pretty i'm pretty sure with jada being the strong woman that she is i mean she could defend herself yeah she could easily defend herself. I mean, she has a television show that millions of people watch. So she has the platform there. And I don't let Chris off the hook of this either because it's, oh, yeah. no, it's no secret that Jada has alopecia. She's talked about it on Red Table Talk. She's been open about it for a long time. So I always look at things. If you're going to do a joke, you should know the background of what's happening because it's not funny to make fun of a medical condition. That's never funny. It's one of those things that's like, no, this could have just gone without. So I don't take him off the hook of, oh, he's fine because he got assaulted. No, he was in the wrong too. But the way it was handled, how it escalated even more, just, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. And one of the things I was sitting there thinking myself, when I saw it and then saw what more of the Oscars was, that it was one of the first ones produced by Black people, I think the first one produced by Black people, I'm like, the only thing that's in my head right now is like, okay, this doesn't happen in front of all these rich white people. And all we're going to hear is, this is why Black people don't go to things. This is why exactly. Black people can't be invited to things. And yeah. I was like, oh, I was just angry. So that feeling was in me. 
But then I got on social media and you know, I never get on this thing. I got on here and I saw some of the most ridiculous comments from people, whether it was standing up for Will, standing up for Chris, it's just some of the most ridiculous things because it drives me insane to see how the internet will go crazy. Like let's take the baby for instance, when he made his homophobic remarks and we have people saying, oh, it's just jokes, it's just jokes. You shouldn't be mad, you shouldn't be upset. And then I hear people saying, oh, well, Will shouldn't be upset. It's just a joke, it's just a joke. I'm like, so when are we gonna start learning here that it's not just a joke? There is always truth and some kind of hurt behind things that specifically target a person's physical disabilities, abilities, illnesses. It's never just a joke at that point. So what do we think is gonna happen? We've seen the outcome. Someone didn't think it was just a joke. So he decided to hit you. Still wrong but we have to start communicating in a better way, even through comedy. Yeah, you know, the way I see it, humor is subjective. Uh, everybody will have their own unique sense of humor. And certainly in Chris Rock's case, he has a very biting sense of humor that will offend. Uh, I mean, God, my, my God, if you, if you look at uh, one of his comedy specials from the 90s, I think Bring the Pain is a special that, I, that, that comes to mind. His take, on the Clinton Lewinsky scandal certainly does not hold up today because it basically is like, oh, Hillary, why weren't you there blowing your husband? Maybe he wouldn't be screwing around with Monica. Like that, that was his take. And that wasn't fine then, it's certainly not fine now. So yeah, certainly with Chris and the baby, I mean, you know, the, the, there are figures out there that say controversial things, whether through the guise of sense of humor, whether or not, I mean, so, Yes, I think becoming aware of uh, what are people's uh, sort of pressure points. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we, we, yeah, with humor, it's always a tricky thing. I mean, I, I think that uh, Chris being a comedian, it's helpful to know going in that he's probably going to, you know, poke some buttons. And just as he has the right free speech to give his material, we as the audience have the right to say, okay, Chris. Uh, I just need to let you know that what you said hurt my feelings and we'll go from there, you know, not throwing hands, not saying, oh, you know, I'm going to slap the crap out of you because I'm defending my wife's honor. It's just, no, I, I, I want to let you know that that you hurt me and yeah. let's talk it over, figure out how we can be a little bit more sensitive and aware toward that subject matter from from then on if if that makes any any sense <laughs> it does i mean there's a million jokes you could say about jada a million would be hilarious i can probably think of a few of my own but it just it, we have to just be like you said more aware more conscious of what is being said what's happening and it doesn't mean that you can't still be funny there's just a way to go about it and it just is always weird to me when I see somebody who I know is genuinely funny, because I do actually find some of Chris Rock's things very funny. It's like, you went for low hanging fruit for no reason. And then Will slapped low hanging fruit for no reason, because look at the size difference between those two. He was no threat to you whatsoever. Physical violence, come on now. That man could not even reach his chin if he swung at him. I heard an argument that if uh, it was Jason Momoa or The Rock or just someone who was a lot more bulkier on stage making fun of uh, Will and his wife, that Will wouldn't have the guts to uh, go up and, and, and do a slap. 
You know, I think because uh, this perception that Chris was seemed physically weaker than Will, that it was easier for Will to take that slap. Yeah, I, I 100% believe that because if I saw The Rock, I'm not slapping him. He would <laughs> flick me and I would be dead. Like, no way. And so it's, that's what it appeared to be. And that's the part that I think upsets me most for Will Smith is you made yourself look dumb. You hit somebody less than almost half of your size for a joke. And it just makes him look weak. It doesn't make him look good at all. And it's like, I just want to love your family because y'all just look beautiful all the time. But now, what, what, what do we have left? We just have this clip of you slapping Chris Rock, and now they're talking about taking away your Oscar. Well, uh, the updates are coming in. Uh, thankfully, uh, Will did apologize for, for all the people that were <laughs> defending him and saying, oh, no, Will defended Jada. Like, that, you know, this was justified. Let it be known that Will, I saw it. He made a post on his Facebook and Instagram saying that violence does not solve anything. He apologized directly to Chris, which he did not do in his Best Actor Award speech. Um, so Yeda Will for coming to that conclusion and trying to be a better person. On Chris's end, he made this. Uh, he made uh, an apology as well, uh, saying that uh, he's becoming more aware that certain subject matter, uh, you know, may not be the greatest source for comedy. So I think both men they've uh, certainly learned something in these past 24 hours, and it's it's nice to see that uh, this can be a very educational experience going forward. Uh, you know, and the whole uh, umbrella of toxic masculinity, I, you know, before we go, Andrew, I just wanted to uh, briefly, you know, talk about uh, experiences that we've had in, in, in terms of toxic masculinity, because uh, I know that, <laughs> uh, you know, I can I, I can go from uh, back in middle school. I mean, I had girls in middle school who just loved guys who cursed like they just they just were turned on by that. And and I just. I kind of I kind of like raise an eyebrow at that like huh interesting that's fascinating just just guys who angrily curse that's that's something else uh, I remember uh, back in high school and college I had an on and off girlfriend who got turned on when I when I got angry at her and at the time I thought of it as like oh yeah maybe that's just like a harmless sexual fantasy but now years later I think oh eh, I don't know being turned on by anger eh, that, that, that's, that seems like it could be a, 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 a slippery slope to toxicness. <laughs> Like, do you want to talk about that? Do you want to yeah, analyze yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. uh, this girlfriend from college uh, thought that I should learn to fight. And if we had a child who was a boy, that we should like teach him how to fight because she comes from the mean streets of Philadelphia. And that's what she knew. Um, but that's not the streets that I came from. I can't, you know, I, 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 grew, I grew up in suburban Connecticut with uh, Baptist Christian parents who never uh, felt the need to teach me how to throw hands. It, it was never, it never came down to that. So that was also a new thing for me. Um, and, and you know what, look, I'm not innocent in all this, Andrew. I mean, I, I've had, uh, I, I've, I've certainly displayed uh, toxic masculine emotions myself. I mean, that's something that I've been working on. Um, I, I've showcased toxic masculine anger toward family, friends, even my recent relationship with Tony. So thankfully, through therapy, through meds, through meditation, uh, reflection, journaling, being aware of all this stuff. Uh, I, I mean, just like Will Smith, I'm a work in progress. So, um, you know, what, what, what about you, man? I mean, have you um, experienced quite a bit? Uh, because I know you said you've, you go through toxic masculinity on a daily basis. 
yes, the fact that I am gay and using grinder, it's everywhere. Oh. It's it's so hard to escape in the community, especially being queer. It, it's hard because you have a subset of men in some places. I'm not going to say some places everywhere who they want to be everything that is toxic masculinity because a lot of people or a majority of people find that appealing in certain gay circles. So of course you'll go to a bar, you'll have to deal with just the guy who's wanting to fight, curse, try to sleep with everybody in the room that just disregards other people's feelings and feels that only being this huge muscular fighting person is gonna be something that gets them somewhere in this community. And it just, it's annoying, it sucks, it's frustrating. And I know there's not much you can do, unfortunately, except isolate yourself from those people or remove them completely from your circle. And it's it's no fun. Trying to date, I think every relationship I had, I date for red flags. Every one of those men were toxic and full of that energy. Yeah, I know you mentioned you you and I don't even know if you were joking or if you were really genuine, but you always like had this running thing where you're like, oh my God, guys with red flags, like yes, daddy, yes. Mm -hmm. So is that like an actual thing or is that like more of a just a jokey thing? It's an actual thing. It's an actual thing, and I'm reading myself. I read myself like that because I'm like, Andrew, you would be attracted to him because of all those toxic traits. Now therapy, which is a very useful thing, which I hope everybody in this situation is using therapy. Um, yeah. You learn that these traits are why your relationships end in the same way every single time. My therapist has been fantastic at helping me understand that. So now when I see a guy who I'd be like, oh, he's hot. And then someone's like, yeah, he never pays for his bills and he just walks out. I'm like, oh, that's a hot trait. And I have to say that to myself to read myself so I don't go after that individual if I find them attractive. Now, um, and, and, and I promise we're gonna wrap up soon because yeah, Tony texted me and my girlfriend saying like, hey, update, I'm, I'm trying to go to bed and we're live streaming from my bedroom here. <laughs> uh, so um, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, so I, I, I look, I mean, and, and this not only goes with toxic masculinity, but in experiences with women, um, I've also uh, been with women who have uh, given me toxic traits. Uh, mm -hmm. And what, 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 I, what I mean by that is women who have displayed toxic traits. I've, I've received that from them. And there was a pattern where it seemed like I was always going for a certain type of girl that had these kind of toxic traits. And I think I came to the conclusion that that was a period in my life where I just did not think too highly of myself and and uh, going with that pattern of being with these toxic women, maybe that was a reflection of what I felt like I deserved. So my question to you is, does is that the same for you when you, you say, oh, I tend to be turned on to guys with red flags or do you think it's just purely a, a fun, adventurous, daring thing? Oh no, there are some guys who I have met and I'm just like, okay, I really feel like we're gonna end up in prison but let's do it. Let's go. And I know that this individual is terrible. But then I also know for myself, I, in the past dating, would date people that I would hope I could fix. And it typically turned out to be the guy with all of the toxic traits, the ones that I want to try to fix. 
So I had to learn to call myself out and say, Andrew, you, you don't need to fix him. You do not need to fix anybody. You need to be able to be in a relationship with someone who's just the same way you are when it comes to respectfulness and not bringing in toxic energy. I totally forgot about that. Yes. Um, yeah. Not only could it be a reflection of self-esteem, but yes, people who tend to gravitate towards toxic people, there is that savior complex. Like, I think I can fix this person. So let's see if we can get to work. But then, no, <laughs> some people just don't change. They uh, don't. They don't. It's like a house when you renovate it. You're like, oh my God, that house is so amazing on the outside. And then you get inside and you're like, okay, there's mold, there's asbestos, there's spiders, but I can fix it. I can fix all of it. Because you want to keep that physically amazing looking house. Now, it's not always physical. Physical is not the most important thing. But sometimes there's that thing that you see and you're like, everything else around it is bad, but I can change that if I could just keep the middle. And it doesn't work. <laughs> well, uh, this was great. Uh, for anybody who tuned into our Facebook live stream, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Uh, Andrew, uh, you are a doll for recording this because I'm going to ask you to send it to me so I can upload it to our podcast feed. Uh, and, and please, you know, put it on your podcast feed as well. For those of you who are just being introduced to us, uh, you can find us uh, via two podcast feeds. Uh, I do the Anything Show with John Francois with Andrew. And Andrew has a wonderful podcast himself called Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy Podcast. My social media handles, uh, facebook.com slash anything show, Instagram at anything show Francois. And Andrew, what are your social media handles? It is all Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy. On every platform you go to, that's where you'll find me. And my last name is Vandertunt. I am the only Vandertunt in existence on any social media app right now. So I'll be pretty easy to find. Awesome. And yeah, I mean, if, uh, if for anybody looking at this wants to get at us about, uh, you know, this topic of toxic masculinity, I mean, whether it be, you know, commenting on uh, the Facebook here or uh, sending an email, lifestylegbb at gmail.com, moments 91 at gmail.com on my end, we're always uh, welcome to taking um, your thoughts and suggestions and concerns and questions about this topic, because toxic masculinity is a real thing, is a real thing. It's a real yes. thing. It's a very uh, ongoing topic. And uh, Andrew, uh, this was fun. And I think uh, we might be doing this a little bit more often, this little live stream business. I'm down for it. This is very fun. All righty. Hey, you have a wonderful night. I have to allow my girlfriend to go to sleep. <laughs> 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 Got to get some leftover Domino's pizza for dinner. Ooh, delish. We've got to get a moniker that says, let your girlfriend sleep is the ending credit to the show. <laughs> yeah, that'll be like a running uh, reoccurring thing at the end is uh, how long can I uh, do this live stream before I finally let Tony get some sleep? <laughs> I love it. Yes. All right, Andrew. Um, yes. Yeah, send me, send me this. I, I know we're doing this while we're still live streaming, but yes, yeah, send, send me this recording via email and we'll make sure we get it up to our podcast feeds. I've got you. I will send it to you soon. All righty. All right. Bye. Bye-bye, y'all. <laughs> Let's stop the recording. Yes. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? Doing well, John. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Uh, nice to talk to you again. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry because you've probably, you probably uh, gone through three hours of, of answering the same question over and over again. 
uh, based on what happened at the uh, the Oscars last night. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go into the short and sweet of it. I mean, I, I did not watch the ceremony. Uh, the only notable thing that uh, came out of it, I found out through my social media feed last night. So uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts, man. I mean, I, I, I know you already kind of posted on Facebook about what you thought about uh, Will Smith uh, physically assaulting Chris Rock on stage. Uh, and then, you know, minutes later, winning, winning Best Actor as if nothing had happened. Uh, so, yeah, please, if you can, just tell me about your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, like most people that were watching live, I was very uh, surprised and shocked in the moment. You, First of all, you, everybody was confused and thought that it was scripted. We didn't know if it was real. There are some people still speculating that it was fake. It was not fake. It actually happened, and anyone that can come across the uncensored video online will see how real it was and how uncomfortable and uh, for Chris Rock in the moment. Now, there's no excusing the... The, the, the joke that, that Chris Rock made, did he know, did he not know that Jada Pinkett Smith suffers from a medical condition, alopecia, but it's still not okay to rise to the level of violence, no matter the verbal offense. But ultimately, it's a really scandalous, disgraceful, and um, unsuitable behavior for anyone at the Oscars to get up and do what Will Smith did, and he's a huge A-list role model. So I, it's very hard for me to wrap my head around it. I love Will Smith. I voted for him. I'm so happy that he won for King Richard. I love his whole career. You know, I revere him. I revere the awards and, and the industry. So it's a very difficult thing to sit with and to, to kind of wrap our heads around that it happened. But um, Chris Rock has chosen not to press charges for LAPD. He still has time to do so if he changes his mind. But I don't know that he needs to. I think it's the court of public opinion here with Will Smith uh, will lay out in the days and the weeks when we – see how this is forever attached to his reputation and his legacy. Um, you know, there are people that are defending the behavior and that, you know, maybe it was okay and the right thing to do to stand up to, for your spouse that way. And so, you know, we'll see how it all plays out. He's got plenty of time to apologize to Chris if he wants to. If he chooses not to, that's okay, too. It's up to him, you know. Um, but it will be very fascinating to see how it continues to play out in real time. Now, what did you make? Because, honestly, when I saw his... Best actor speech, you know, winning for King Richard. I haven't seen this, the movie, um, and I, I do want to see it. But I felt like I was in the Twilight Zone when I saw that speech because it literally looked like what happened minutes before never happened. I mean, you know, Will Smith wins, and everybody's cheering and standing up for him, praising him. Uh, of course, you've had all that stuff about Denzel Washington, Bradley Cooper, Tyler Perry consoling him during a commercial break. I mean, what what do you make of that? Because, I don't know, man, I, I guess the reception from the crowd, it kind of indicated that, oh, yeah, maybe what he did was wrong, but, you know, he, he was you know he was in a, a not a great state of mind. He still was a guy. I mean, I, I don't know. And, and also uh, Will's rambling speech where he was going on one of his uh, usual uh, very wordy ego trips about, you know, feeling like he needs to be a vessel and he wants to show love and, and oh, God, yeah. That, yeah, he's kind of implying that, like, you know, to, to show love, sometimes you have to be violent. I mean, what, what did you make of all that? Well, yeah, no, it, 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 it's a lot, and you're right. I think it's very strange that, that the show didn't deal with it, but they didn't know how to deal with it. I guess in the moment, the Academy backstage themselves didn't know what to believe or make of it. Uh, we do know, though that, John, if that had been you that got up on the stage, that had, like, rushed the Oscar stage and slapped uh, a presenter live on the broadcast and then started to 
swear, like you would have probably been ex- escorted out. Um, yeah. I would have probably, you know, or something would have happened, you know, that that would have been addressed immediately, cut to commercial. Who knows? But but so it was very strange that it wasn't addressed. And then, you know, listen, Will deserved to win for his performance in King Richard. I love that he won that Academy Award. He deserved to win for that performance, uh, for, for many performances in his career. He's outstanding. But, I yeah, that that, that speech was weird. And, and while he apologized in the moment to the Academy, he didn't apologize to Chris. And that's difficult for me as a survivor of uh, violence myself in, in childhood, in adulthood even. And, and I find that very, very difficult to sit with. And, and, and it's... It's uncomfortable, and, and the whole thing, it sounded like he was justifying his actions through love, and that also is discordant for me, so I'm confused. Yeah, yeah, I mean, for me, what I, just from the physical assault to uh, Will trying to explain himself and excuse himself afterwards, for me, it was just textbook toxic masculinity. I, I was very uncomfortable mm. with it. And funny enough, I mean, I've been on a uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and, and the Fresh Prince music trip, and I've been reading uh, Will Smith's autobiography, and now it's very hard oh. to go back to that because it's just, I, I cannot get that very traumatizing image out of my head of him just going up on stage and physically assaulting Chris Rock. Um, to those people who say, like, oh, hey, you know, yeah, he's a real man for, you know, defending his wife, Jada, did you think that Jada needed defending? Because when I, when I hear, like, oh, you know, you defended, you stood up for your wife, it implies that, like, you know, Chris, like, actually, like, physically went after Jada and Will had to step in. And, you know, part, totally. of, me is, you know, part of me thinks, like, oh, you know, Jada's a, a grown woman. I mean, I think she could speak up for herself, you know? John, I think what you're saying is so huge right here, because especially if we're going to be any, I mean, in so much as we can as men be feminists, I think that yes, if she, you know, she is, she's a, she is in all of her power could have defended herself. She herself could have gone up to the mic and shamed him publicly and taken over the show and rushed to the stage and said, you know what, what you just said was really offensive. I have a medical condition that was really poor taste. You should be ashamed of yourself. And you know what I mean. So she didn't. You know, women don't necessarily don't need a man to fight their battles for them. They are fully capable on their own. We all, in our own power, have the right to stand up for ourselves. And I see Jada as a very strong woman. So, it, But it's complicated. We don't know what's going on with, um, with Will's state of mind at the time. We don't know what kind of duress he may have been under. We don't know how offended he might have been by the joke earlier in the show about his open marriage. Uh, he, he made some allusion to the fact that just because they're famous, they have to kind of take it in stride, and they do. And he, and he basically is knowingly admitting, saying, I've learned how to react and how to take these things in stride as they come, but I've had enough in this moment, so that's why I acted that way. I mean, he doubled down and he tried to give excuses for it. I don't accept any of that, but that's my opinion. I know that other people do accept it. So it's a complicated issue that has two sides, apparently, and the, the discussion will continue. And uh, in the limited time I have with you left, Ryan, uh, I know it's hard to believe that there was anything else happening in the Oscars, but uh, mm. there was. And uh, I, I wonder if you can just kind of, uh, you know, quickly share some highlights that you found throughout the rest of the ceremony in terms of the, the hosting that the, that the three uh, ladies did, the, you know, Amy Schumer, Regina Hall, um, and, and the other, uh, Wanda Sykes, uh, and also just, mm. uh, you know, a, a look back at the, at the winners. I loved the trio hosts. I wanted more of them. There was not a bad note among them. Together they were fabulous. On their own they were fabulous. 
perfect. They should, if the Academy is smart, they'll bring them all back next year if they want to come back. Um, I love also, before we talk about the awards, like, I love the fashion. You know, normally we have some really disgusting looks that we can say, oh, the worst dress, and we can make fun of people. I thought everybody really looked great last night. Um, and then also, as far as the awards go, I love seeing Coda win Best Picture. It was a bit of a surprise seeing such a feel-good, uh, crowd-pleasing movie win in that category. It's extremely rare. I love Jessica Chastain having the opportunity to honor a woman, Tammy Faye Baker, who did not receive the respect that she so richly deserved while she was alive. So kudos to Jessica Chastain for her passion project and winning last night. Um, and Ariana DeBose, too, as the first queer person of color to win for West Side Story. I wish West Side Story had gotten more love at the box office and all awards season, but I was very proud of Ariana Troy for winning for CODA, also historic, the first deaf actor to win. And, and circle back, let's just give it to Will. Um, his performance in King Richard was outstanding. So that is, uh, we're going to have to sit with that alongside his bad behavior last night. Well, always a pleasure to talk to you, uh, film critic Ryan Jay, right here on the show with us, uh, talking about uh, this year's quite eventful Oscars. Oddly enough, you know, it was another year where we thought, oh, the Oscars are going to be boring, and then it clearly was <laughs> so, so true, right, so I'll, true. I'll look forward to the chat, and, and hopefully we can talk next time about uh, another kind of eventful Oscars, maybe somewhat more positive. <laughs> I look forward to it, John. Thank you so much. All righty. Take care, man. You too.